0: Welcome to the PT Graduate Podcast, I'm Rich Ellis and I interview people from the health and fitness industry to find out more about their role, get some inspiration, motivation and also have an understanding of how to get into this industry but not only get in but stay in and flourish in this amazing industry. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the PT Graduate Podcast. My guest today is Lauren Wannenberg. Hello, Lauren. Hello. How are Hi. you? <laughs> very well. Very well. Good to see you. Good. Thank yeah. you for your time. Thanks for joining me. No a problem. I'm so
1: excited and nervous.
0: Excellent. That's all right. That's okay. So um, it's been um, uh, you, you're adding to my list of um, of um, alternative. Uh, what's the word allied health professionals and not alternative Mm. but allied health professionals and um, because I always talk to PTs and you know it's nice to change tack a little bit and also um, just get different people's perspectives because I think those who normally hear about PTs have probably heard enough about PTs so uh, we had Marcus on here the other day who's a chiro and it's great to have you because you're a podiatrist
1: yes I am I'm the foot girl
0: yeah okay (laughs) i'm curious and 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 i've had a quick squiz and you talk about this holistic practice you know it's a hobsonville podiatry based obviously in hobsonville Mm -hmm. um but you obviously bring a a holistic focus or lens to the work that you do so yeah um, and and so do i and i like to kind of work with people who who have similar similar approaches to their work so it's I'm looking forward to sort of hearing about what that means for you and how that sort of plays out with your your clientele. Um, Mm. But first of all, how did you, why podiatry? How did you get down that pathway?
1: That's a good question. Um, I really liked studying biology at school and I was fascinated by the human body and figuring out how things worked and how cells interacted and um, I sort of thought, right, this is the thing that I need to study, this is where I need to go. And I looked at all sorts of different science degrees. And the thing that got me was doing a health science degree, um, majoring in podiatry or physio or nursing or something. At the end you would have a specific job. Uh-huh. Um I don't work well if there's too much kind of variation or vagueness. Okay. So the the course was appealing because it was like in this semester you do these papers. In this semester, you do these papers, and I was like, "Good, I can do that." So, <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, and then a friend of um mine's mum is a physio, and she was like, "Have you thought about podiatry?" And she planted the seed, and then the little plant grew, and I was like, "Okay, let's do yeah. that."
2: Awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, it just feels like the perfect fit. I love it. I um, yeah, I really like working with my hands. Mm. I like doing hands-on stuff. Um. Mm. And I like the creativeness with the orthotics, being able to right. craft something that helps change how someone's moving. Mm, um, mm. and love interacting with people. So yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: It's kind of like i yeah, I'm really glad I did choose it. Good, good. Yeah.
0: I don't know whether I could I don't think there's the two things I don't think I could do is dentistry mm. and dietary. Like <laughs> You, you're you've got your hands in someone's mouth all day or you've got your hands on someone's feet all day well not i just, know i know it's not just feet but i don't know whether i could
1: yeah it's definitely and the funny thing is i actually thought about doing dentistry as well uh-huh. so maybe it's a particularly a particular type of person yeah, <laughs> that maybe. goes for either one of those things <laughs> <laughs> yeah mouth. yeah
0: um so did you work for other podiatrists before setting up your own business or did you get yeah. started into business?
1: No, I did. No, um, there's, I was saying to someone the other day, there's no kind of training at university about business. No. Like you in our uh, job, there's so many people that work for themselves, but there's no guidance as to like, okay, so if you're going to work for yourself, this is what you need to do. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and I think also when you're fresh, you don't really know as much as you need to know. I think it took me probably about four or five years to get to the point where I was like, yep, I feel pretty confident that whatever walks in, I could treat right. it. Right. Or if I'm like out of my depth, I feel confident enough to be like, yeah. I'm out of my depth. Yeah. And these are the people I should refer to. Sure. Um. So yeah, so I worked for other people for about five years and then decided to set up my own thing. Right. Um. And it was kind of because I did post-grad studies, I did um, the mind-body course at AUT Uh and that came out of, um, I was seeing quite a few people with chronic pain and I was really interested about how all the stuff that was going on in their life, other than the physical things that were affecting, you know, their walking and, you know, like how much they're walking, how much they're doing. Mm -hmm. So, so other stresses were affecting their injury. Yeah. And um, it's kind of one of those things that once you start seeing it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. Um, and so I went down that kind of pathway. And once I'd done that, I was like, it really makes sense for me to do my own thing, create a practice where that's the, at the forefront. We wanna hear the people's stories Yeah. And, and we hold space for that and connect on a human level. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm yeah so yeah and it's been six years of running the business which wow. like blows my mind <laughs> well, and girl. I have to say COVID was extremely stressful and yeah. someone said to me at one stage if you make it to five years in business you're, you're good like you're pretty stable yeah, yeah. and COVID ca- came yes. at like I don't know what was that like four years old, yeah. or three and a half mm-hmm. I was like shit <laughs> <You've> <laughs> I'm blown the plan. five years." <laughs> 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 but it all worked out and here we are still so yes yeah yeah, yeah yeah
0: well done yeah yeah it was challenging times for all those people facing businesses for sure um mm. yeah really hard let get a bit creative in some ways to um to keep that client contact and support going when you couldn't see them face to face yeah mm
1: and especially hard like for us when if someone's got an ingrown toenail you can't guide them to treat it themselves no, um, no, and so we're kind of like really stuck of like I wish I could help you but I'm actually not allowed to
2: yeah
1: um, that was really hard that was that was kind of like um, your hands tied behind your back mm. you know you've got the knowledge you've got skills mm. and, and you've got people wanting them but yeah, yeah. thank goodness we are back practicing
0: and and did you have an enormous rush with a thousand in growing toenails waiting to be seen once (laughs) came back like how did that go
1: (laughs) we did we had um we well you know how they kind of slowly opened us back up and with allied health I think there was quite a bit of confusion I don't know if you've spoken to many other um like physios and pros and stuff mm. about it it was like no you can't practice unless it's limb or life-threatening and then what I interpreted as limb or life certainly might have been quite different to mm. somebody else. And mm. so initially we were only seeing ingrown toenails. Right. So yeah, <laughs> or um, corns that have got had gone really septic and yeah. stuff that really, if it wasn't treated, it could be terrible for those people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards when we opened back up, people were scared people were really nervous about Mm. coming into health practice like practices and Mm. yeah so it was a bit slow but um yeah last summer was quite busy you know after the um the august lockdown and then yeah
0: yeah we got the big break over christmas and new year yeah yeah
1: yeah 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 so yeah no it seems like a a distant memory now (laughs) thank Mm. goodness
0: Mm. Yeah. someone was saying to me the other day it's like it feels like we we had a lockdown this year but actually we haven't had one this year but uh
1: thank god
0: yeah thank god but it, it does it doesn't feel that long ago you know it's like
1: no yeah it feels like it's only still...
0: a few months but it was it was last year
1: <laughs> the wound is still fresh right yes like, exactly exactly like,
0: yeah. No. yeah yeah um, um one of the things that i thought was has been on my mind that i wanted to ask you is that sort of that mix of patience between mm-hmm those who have got the the ingrown toenails and the 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 obvious things that sort of need treatment versus the the movement people I'd love to learn a little bit more about orthotics because I don't know enough but Mm -hmm. um, what's how does that split for you and is it more than just those two camps are there other sort of categories as well of 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 patient clients for you
1: yeah it's generally a split between the two Mm -hmm. so what we would call it general care which would be like Ingrown toenails, corns, yeah. callus,
2: okay,
1: um, anything kind of skin and nail related, mm. and then there'd be um the injury patients who have or aches and pains is what we call it, yeah, um, a split, I'm not too sure to be okay. honest. I'm a bit mine's a bit skewed at the moment because I'm only generally seeing skin and nails patients, oh. um, but I would say maybe like forty percent of the People we see would be injuries and biomechanical. Yeah. And then 60 would be skin and nails. Okay. Okay. But that would be skewed a bit probably over summer because people Mm. tend to injure themselves more when, you know, there's more daylight and we're all out doing more stuff. Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: And your feet are out. And so people are like looking and they're like, oh my God, my toe is like gone kind of deformed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The (laughs)
2: jambles are on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say. Uh, on average, each day for each practitioner, you would see a really good mix of skin and nails and biomechanics.
0: Right. Okay. Good yeah. variety. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is great because it keeps your brain quite active rather yeah. than just seeing, you yeah. know, the same type of stuff all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Corn after corn.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're like, hmm, what? Where was that on again? Or was that on that person? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so so with those sort of more um, biomechanical um patients and those who may have a, a foot-driven issue, mm. how do you assess or how do you establish that it is from the foot as opposed to you know something else in the body causing the, the problem? Mm.
1: That's a really good question. Normally um because podiatry isn't really that well known still and people don't really think about it. I mean, I guess it's changing, but a lot of the time, people come to us and they've already seen somebody else before, right? Um, and so it might be the GP or it might be the physio or chiropractor, mm. osteopath, mm. or a friend of theirs might have gone, "Hey, I've noticed, you know, like you're moving, you're walking quite funny. Mm. Do you think that that could be impacting your back, maybe?" Mm. Or um, so, um, yeah. Generally, they come and they've already been assessed by someone, right? If they haven't, if they've just, you know, searched. On google and come mm-hmm. across us um then yeah it, what we do is we we look at them standing we look at them walking we check out the range of motion within the joints so when they're yeah. non-weight-bearing yeah. um and with our skill and expertise we, we try and see if the issue that they have could be um can if, the, if you, their feet are a contributing factor in the way that they're moving yeah so um if they've got foot pain, then generally the feet are mm. a problem. <laughs> mm. Mm. But as you get higher up, like if you as you get into like the knee and the hip and particularly the back,
2: yeah.
1: it's sort of less of a direct, yes, this is definitely an effect. Um sure. Sure. but essentially like we work at our practice using a, um theory called the tissue stress theory. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at, like, what tissues are under stress when this per- person is moving yeah. and or when they're standing at work or, um, you know, how are they moving when they've got their shoes on versus when they don't have their shoes on. Right. And trying to, it's kind of like problem solving, trying yeah. to figure out what is the underlying cause there. And occasionally you get people that it's like, actually, I really don't think it's your feet. I think they move really well, but, like, something funky is happening at your hips. <laughs> Yeah. Which you know yeah. that might need to get addressed first, sure. Um, which would be physio and like lots of strengthening and yep. stretching and release work and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I'd say most of the time the feet have a pretty important role to play, mm. Yeah. Mm. they're
0: massively undervalued. Massive. Yeah,
1: I mean, mm-hmm. I often think about them as the foundation of the house, and if your house mm. is you know a bit rickety and weird yeah then the rest of your body is going to be a bit kind of rickety and weird totally. um yeah so
0: yeah I guess um from a foot point of view or sorry foot all the way up to the lower back um mm. you would know what looks right and what looks wrong you know in the same way if someone did a deadlift or a squat I'd yep. go oh hang on a minute such that tweak that tweak that go mm. again you know, can mm. is it a software thing? You know, is it just your brain not quite following the right instructions? Yeah. And if that doesn't fix it, then you know there's something going on with 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 the hardware. And yeah, it must be similar. That you know, you'd you'd go, oh, just walk towards me. Hang on, do that again. <laughs> no, yeah. it's definitely. You know, the, that's how it, there's something wrong with that left foot. For it, you know, it could be yeah. the talus is stuck and it won't move. You know, properly. Or whatever it is, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So I guess you've seen so many there's that whole you know explanation well what does a big dog look like well you don't know what a big dog looks like until you've seen lots including little dogs so yeah yeah
1: Yeah. and so it it does become a bit of like once you've seen a good range of of people then yeah, yeah you get a good idea of what's what's a kind of like normal movement pattern and what's a bit off
0: yeah, I guess that's yeah. that, five, that five years you were talking about before is just yeah. part of that process, I suppose, and that you're building your library and experience. Yeah, um,
1: although it's really interesting. We were talking the other day. We tend to find in um, podiatry that people come in, like, um, droves of certain types of injuries. Oh, so, right. like, for each practitioner, it could be different. But, like, for me, yeah. I might have a, a week where I see a whole lot of heel pain. Okay. and then the next week i might see a whole lot of um people with uh forefoot pain or bunions or yeah. you know yeah. and once you see bam 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 bam, a whole lot of them all at once it's like huh i've got a really good library mm. now of mm. of the commonalities amongst them yes and one of my um podiatrists that works for me she's been seeing lots of people with leg length differences lately oh, okay. and she's like i can spot them from a mile off like, <laughs> It's just so obvious.
0: <laughs> you can see it before you measure it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. And and I mean, there's like a difference of like functional leg length difference and then structural leg length difference. But that's become her kind of niche that she's mm. really passionate about because cool. she's just seen so much of it.
0: Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, interesting. And that's <laughs> a, quite a nice little segue because I was going to kind of talk about who else is in the business and how that mm. occurred and how you knew when it was the right time to get <laughs> another person in. You might not know, but I guess experience kind of look bang, go, actually that was the right thing. or well, no, that wasn't the right thing. So yeah. I know you've you've obviously grown the practice. So how what was mm. that like? What was what was the the deciding factors and all that?
1: It happened really organically to start with. Like initially, I think when I set up the practice, I only ever imagined it being me. And right. through AUT, we have students come and sit in during the year. Okay. And my first student I ever had became my first employee ah. um, so she came in and um, we clicked and we worked really well together and we we're kind of on the same page yeah. unfortunately I wasn't busy enough to provide her with a role then
2: yeah.
1: but about six months later she contacted me and she's like do you have anything
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: and she started as part-time which was perfect and right. then with the two of us and I think we we're really lucky being in Hobsonville because it's a growing area mm-hmm. so the practice has organically grown with the way that the um the suburb is growing, yeah yeah um when it got to a point where uh we were both quite booked up, probably people had to wait a couple of weeks before an like for okay. to get an appointment.
0: Mm. We were going,
1: okay, we need to look for someone um, right. but it's tricky because just because you've decided that you're going to hire someone doesn't mean that, that someone is going to be available <laughs> so yeah. I think we took maybe six months or so to find the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it's unfortunately I've lost a couple of podiatrists to moving outside of Auckland, which
2: okay. is sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I
1: won't hold it against them. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and then, yeah, we, we're sort of, I think the sweet spot for our practice at the moment is three podiatrists. And right. um, it's working quite well. We have two rooms and we share the rooms. Uh, right. Yeah, the clinic's open from seven till seven and that's yeah. a very long day for one person to yeah. do. So <laughs> we
2: share. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I think the next step will be a bit trickier because we share the practice with Emma and the Hobsonville Physiotherapy team. Yeah. And if we get to a point where we need more space, mm. then that's going to be probably a... Um, Moving away from where we are, or like trying to find new premises, which will be hard because it's a neat little unit there.
0: Mm, Yeah, you're kind of part of a bigger team as well. You've got more people around,
1: yeah, sharing the
0: waiting room.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, I don't know if that really answers your question, but um, we we were kind of like look at how many people we're seeing and how hard it is for people to get in Mm. and then judge it on that. Okay, we need someone else, or yeah.
0: Mm. No, that does answer the question. Thank you. Um, I know you use an online booking system, which is fantastic. And I think I might have stolen mm. the idea from you. Um, <laughs> but um, are there other business systems that you've sort of come to rely on or have used that have helped support operations, if you like, that um, you'd recommend people use or look at? Yeah.
1: Our practice management software is Clinico, um, okay. and it's amazing. I love it. And I recommend mm. it to any allied health professional. Okay. It's really intuitive. It's, um, it's like, because typically practice management software can be quite clunky. Mm. Um, so it's sort of, I don't know, just so easy. And then alongside that, there's an add-on to do all our ACC stuff. Ah. And previously, I used to spend a day each, I think it was fortnight, manually Crikey. filling ACC <laughs> <laughs> and my husband was like you need there's got to be a better system yeah. this." <laughs> and i was like no there's not i've looked and kind of like head in the sand yeah um and then i did look and i talked to some colleagues and they're like no you should get this and so that's called submit kit and that's really good as well for right. anyone who works with acc yeah. um aside from that i think that that's probably it we use google docs a lot and like mm. google drive and mm um for because we do lots of clinic handouts for patients so yeah. um yeah giving lots of info and stuff so mm. that's always great but mm. Mm. I feel like there's probably something that I'll think of
0: that's okay that pops, pops in your head halfway through just just throw it out there
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but no that's I weird. when I first started I was using a different practice management software right. and it wasn't quite right for podiatry mm. and then I think maybe a year in I changed and I just hadn't looked back. Cool. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. It's got like really cool like um uh, the ability to um bring up a picture of the body and you uh, can like uh, um draw on it where they're getting their pain. Yes. And um like for cord and colours and stuff we can mark where that is and you okay. know a picture says a thousand words
0: so yeah 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 and and you can easily recall that if they come back in six months or something and it's still yeah there. yeah exactly brilliant, yep. brilliant.
2: Yep. brilliant.
0: yeah excellent yeah. that's useful um I, it depends on the business I suppose as to what is going to work well but um having that ability to capture notes and do it electronically as well is probably the, the it's got to yeah. be a way to go hasn't it you know yeah. I still use old-fashioned files and I Um, even when I get new clients you know it's a drawing of an outline of a body and it's like just tell me whereabouts you're feeling the lack of movement or the tightness or the restriction you know or the injury whatever it was so I think I'm stuck in the 20th century still
1: (laughs) I think it's really hard though because once you've got a system it's really hard to change you know like Mm. you've well it's not hard but it takes a lot of energy to shift to something new and um, if you've got something that works you just tend to stay with it it's kind of
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. A few rainforests later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 mm.
0: yeah.
1: Well, maybe you should try Clinico.
0: Oh, I know I'm totally keen to have a look at it. I mean, if it it does all the sorts of things that um you've already described, plus then yeah, it's
1: really it's really customizable as well. So okay. um we are like we're podiatry, obviously, but mm. there's um all sorts of different practitioners use it, and right. I think I think hairdressers use it. So like for okay. Um, your treatment notes there's no template you just create it so right. what I want to create will be really different to what you want to create mm,
2: mm.
1: but equally both of us should get exactly what we need right, so
2: okay.
1: yeah okay. it does take time to set mm, that up mm. but um, I mean that's what was the lockdown was really good for because mm. we actually created a Facebook group of all of us clinicians who use Clinico
0: okay. and we were like
1: let's share our templates and let's share ideas and stuff right. so yeah
0: yeah yeah. It's good. I mean there were there of lots like of,
1: improving systems.
0: Yeah, yeah, lots of silver linings with that, isn't it? It's like all the stuff you've got on the back burner that never really makes it onto the to-do list gets done. Yeah. It's like, yes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: because yeah, the priority is always seeing the patients, right? And yeah. Yeah. The, the business stuff sort of gets yeah, mm. yeah. deprioritized.
0: It does. Mm. So of those movement people, you know, the, the yep. biomechanical ones, how many of them um, would need a um, some sort of insert in their shoe that uh, maybe changes their gait or supports their arch, or you know, talk us through that sort of stuff because I'm really fascinated by that because obviously I'm mm. into movement. Um, and I've got a bunion on one foot so I understand bunion management and you know the muscles that um, work we go up the leg that we need to release so the big toes not pulled across and all, all that sort of stuff but mm. um, you know that's only one one percent of <laughs> of all the stuff mm. that, that you do so yeah talk me through because I know some people absolutely must have that support because mm. it's critical but then what about the others that you know may not necessarily and, and could I guess develop that foot strength naturally?
1: Mm. So the thing to probably think about is they're quite orthodox are quite good at switching off muscles that are over firing. Right. And and helping the ones that are under firing engage. Right. Okay. Rather than like overall foot strength. Because mm. I think a lot of people think that wearing orthodox makes your feet weak. Mm. But what it does is it helps to redistribute force so that one muscle isn't getting overloaded or one yeah joint or one specific area
2: Um,
1: I think uh, to answer your question about how many people need orthotics um, it's really hard to
2: to put put a
1: number to yeah we see a lot of ACC patients and people who've had injuries Mm. and orthotics can be really excellent as a short-term treatment modality Mm. so you have that person wear it for six months while they're doing their rehab Yep. um and then they slowly wean off it there's other people who have things that are long term that are probably never going to change okay um and they'll probably need orthotics for a long time okay. um patients say like who've had surgery fusions and things so yeah that's forever changed yeah and so they'll always require a little bit of extra okay support yeah um I think anyone can if they work hard enough they can wean themselves off orthotics Mm. but it does consist of a lot of strengthening
2: Mm.
1: and um time (laughs) prioritizing which i think that's the thing is like everybody's short on time Mm. it just is a matter of like which is the priority at the moment and unfortunately i think for a lot of people it's actually just easier to put your orthotics in your shoes and be doing the trick and mm-hmm. so mm. i'm just gonna keep wearing them and the really cool thing is that you actually do get your feet change as a result of wearing them
2: mm-hmm. not
1: for everybody but for a lot of people if we take like i said before if we try and rebalance what the muscles are doing so we switch one on and turn some others off yeah then over time the muscle that has been turned on is going to get stronger yeah and then the ones that have been overworking and going to slowly you know quieten down a little bit yeah and then i've had instances where i've seen people who i haven't seen for two or three years and their feet look completely different because right. they've been wearing the inserts and
2: uh. then it's
1: a matter of having a conversation of like okay so let's look at weaning you off and right then when we go from having used an orthotic um which is a fairly comprehensive insert we can actually just make little changes to the inner sole that comes in the shoe. Yeah. So, so you're not going from having everything Mm. to nothing.
2: Right.
1: And equally on the other side, someone might not need an orthotic, but they need just a little bit of a nudge in the right direction.
2: Mm.
1: So I've, I will quite often just modify the liner of the shoe. Right. Just to give a little bit of like, yeah, like I said, a nudge in the
0: right direction. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I like that it's so
1: interesting it's probably the um the big determining factor is how much force is required to change how that foot and how that body is moving
2: yeah
1: um and there's lots of different factors that come into that like okay. how easy the joints move how heavy the person is yeah what their style of gait is like yeah. if the if their feet are really turned out mm. and kind of like they're rolling through mm. it's going to be a different story to if someone's walking sure. quite straight yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm thinking things like uh, the thickness and the toughness of the rubber bits that you attach to, you know, plays a part, you know, so there's either more absorption or less absorption. All of those would be key elements to what you, how you build them.
1: Absolutely. So it's all down to how much uh, thickness you want in the shoe. Mm. If you want it to be thinner, you're going to have to use a firmer foam. Right. Um. If someone is like our older generation tend not to have as much padding underneath their feet so the fat right. pads atrophy or waste away yeah. as we yeah. age okay Just another fun thing that happens <laughs> <laughs> um and so then i would tend to go for thicker softer materials so that yeah. you know it's right. much more comfortable yeah. um but yeah even in the because a lot of the orthotics that we fit in the practice are what we call prefabricated right. so like a pre-molded one and then we add bits on to customize it Uh, to the person yep so even within that range you have really thin solid ones and then you have your super soft cushiony ones and what you choose or which one to choose is based on how much You know the patient needs and and what their issue is. So yeah, being really familiar with all the different materials is quite important.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like a real Mm -hmm. science in terms of the material you use, how long it's going to last. Do you do you also read the client thinking is this person going to be diligent and do their homework or is this person going to be lazy and rely on it? And Mm -hmm. I'm going to design it according to what I think is going to happen. Or
1: yeah, yeah, I think it's probably more. thing of like how much are they going to wear them right um or like what shoe are they going to go in um the whether they use it or not probably doesn't determine how much um material we use i guess um Mm -hmm. it's more because the unfortunate thing is the orthotic is only going to work if you wear it right (laughs) and it doesn't matter if i make it a really aggressive orthotic and you wear it 10% of the time Mm it's still not going to have the same effect as wearing a less aggressive one a hundred percent of the time.
2: Sure. Yeah, of course. And
1: the other thing I guess um, with orthotics is the key thing is to make them comfortable because mm. if someone's not going to, if it's uncomfortable, you're not going to wear it. No. No. But I wouldn't.
0: Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Comfort's, comfort's got to be the overriding factor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. some people really love a firm shoe and a firm, uh, uh feel to their orthotic because Mm. it gives a bit better feedback Mm. you stand and you don't have to put much force through your foot to feel the ground other people the idea of that is like terrifying okay (laughs) give me all the cushioning so i mean that's probably a factor Uh, actually it's it's one of the biggest we get our patients to kind of we'll we'll select three that we think would work and Mm -hmm. then they stand on them and say which one they find the most comfortable smart yeah. yeah yeah because interestingly the super soft cushioned one can sometimes feel harder than the hard one all oh, right <laughs> yeah sometimes people are like oh no i don't like that <laughs> That's, no that feels it just feels a bit hard i'm like interesting huh yeah. yeah so perception i think is part of yes of it yeah
0: yeah you don't know until you stand yeah. on it i suppose
1: yeah exactly yep
0: contentious question Mm. Do you think orthotics are over over provided or over supplied over subscribed to? Uh,
1: I'm probably um, the wrong person to ask.
0: <laughs> I mean, by the podiatrist, as opposed to, I mean, obviously the the client kind of does what the you know follows the advice. But are, mm. are they overused or is it just is it appropriate? I think
1: that unfortunate thing that I found over the years is that people will be given lots of different orthotics by lots of different people right and like i've had some clients come in with bags of like 10 that they can't wear they're so uncomfortable and i get embarrassed for the profession because Mm. it's like nobody should have a device out there that's not working for their patient Mm. um and yeah i would say that they're probably over prescribed in that Okay. Thing because to me that person maybe orthotics isn't the way to go for for them. Or, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe what the maybe what the second podiatrist could have done is worked with the first orthotics rather than you know right. doling yeah. out more. Mm. Um. I think they are a really excellent way, a really great tool for us to help shift, um, and change the way someone's moving. Yeah. And so I think sometimes maybe it becomes a bit of a um. Not a quick fix, but like a an easy tool to use, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that happens too quickly. Rather than talking to people about stretching and massage and yeah. Yeah. Um, release work, that would probably mm-hmm. give mm-hmm. the same results. Yeah. Okay.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. In the same way you would other joints around the body, I suppose. You know, you look exactly. after your hips and your shoulders and all those other big bits that uh, are pretty mm-hmm. influential. But we we kind of don't give as much care and attention to the feet in in the same same vein yeah Mm. yeah
1: and it's interesting in that when I studied at AUT we didn't actually learn any massage um modality which is like we're meant to be like the physios for the feet and physiotherapy is a lot of massage and release work Mm. Mm. and so I think maybe the school needs to shift a little bit to to think a bit more about the release work and and like we've got so many joints in our feet if we Mm. know how to mobilize them a bit better then maybe we wouldn't be relying on issuing orthotics as much yeah yeah yeah
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: there's an education piece in there as well isn't there about and i guess that's why you've got your google drive with lots of info going out to your patients because it helps yeah educate them so they can provide those skills for themselves for that little bit of self-care they may never have known about before
1: exactly yeah Mm -hmm. and there's there's quite a few cases where people just need to be um stretching and massaging and doing hands-on stuff and so yeah just teaching them like this is a um a technique that you could use at home um and they might have come in expecting that they just get orthotics and the pain would be gone and i will be like nope sorry i had to break it to you you're not getting the yeah. books
0: that's not how the body work. <laughs> do some
1: homework yeah yeah, yeah. and the, the thing with like with release work and strengthening is that if you do that stuff your orthotics are going to work better mm. so it's it's a cumulative effect rather than a one or the other yeah. like you've actually yeah. got to do all of it yeah
0: gotta put the work yeah.
1: in yeah yeah shortcuts. yeah Mm.
0: yeah yeah are you um are you a fan of um uh barefoot shoes you know like your are you're, you're um uh, zero even
1: new balance minimus and stuff
0: yeah or even even the um oh it's vibrant yeah no not so much the five the fingers? Partners, no? um because they're they're real experience ex- almost a glove on your on your foot mm. um mm. I was gonna say Vivo Beffer that was the that was the name I was I was looking for but there are a number oh, yeah. of, there are a number of manufacturers out there it doesn't have to be one mm. particular brand but where where do they sort of sit in terms of you know I guess from a professional point of view and what you might suggest mm. I guess it depends on the, the person doesn't it
1: mm. well I think I don't know if you remember when I was training with you Rich I wore minimal shoes um crikey did you the new balance minimus yeah yeah i loved it because the feedback was so much better but when i was wearing them i had to have quite a lot of awareness of how my foot was positioned because i couldn't i couldn't rely on the support of the shoe to you know hold me Mm. so i think anyone who wants to wear minimal shoes or low pitch or um you know minimal cushioning they just need to put in a little bit more work in terms of strength and conditioning.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, The interesting thing is that we went really minimal for a while and then now it's gone the opposite yeah, way to super maximal. It, yeah. yeah. And like we love the shoe, the hokers, because for someone who's had a fusion or anyone who's got um, really bad arthritis or, yeah. um, like the bunions, who you know you, you don't get any movement in the yeah, joint. Yeah. A shoe like that is amazing because mm-hmm. it just reduces the stress on that joint.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: But then we have this discussion about like, well, are we making feet lazy by putting them in there? Are mm-hmm. we, mm-hmm. you know, deadening the feedback so that uh, you're not getting the same perception and you're not, you know, your ankles aren't working as much and yeah, yeah. Um, it changes the load on the Achilles and. Mm-hmm. You know because it's softer you have to push harder to,
0: yeah. to get through
1: so yeah. i think with everybody there's no shoe for everyone right and with everybody you've got to consider what is the best shoe for this person and okay most of the time when we see injuries i would not be putting someone in a minimal shoe because yeah. you want cushioning to absorb shock right. before it gets to the damaged tissue sure sure but there's no there's no harm in somebody who's not injured got pretty good biomechanics and pretty good awareness of their body mm. going into something like that and mm. yeah giving a go mm.
0: how mm. about um getting your feet out of shoes you know mm. obviously people need to wear shoes to work and there's some real practical reasons why you'd why you'd have to be yeah. in shoes. but time out of shoes what's your advice yeah. or what, what do you tend to to recommend
1: well for your skin and and nail hygiene that's really mm. important to mm. have them out and breathing i have most of my patients who have fungal infections, it comes about because they overwear shoes and socks.
2: Right. You know, okay. They're
1: never bre- letting their feet breathe. So yep. from that perspective, it's really important. Um, but yeah, I, I would say if you can um, walk around on an a uneven surface like grass or sand or something like that, it's going to help to strengthen up all the muscles on your feet because yep. you've got muscles between all the long bones. Mm. And when you're in a shoe and walking on flat surfaces all the time, they weaken and i think most of the population have lost their transverse arch which is the arch that goes yes. across yep. the forefoot um so most patients that i see will get exercises to help strengthen that up yep. but a good way of doing that is walking around on grass and sand mm. mm. the one thing i would say is just make sure there's nothing sharp in the grass just <laughs> yep. you know like a broken bottle or like needles or something yeah um, yeah yeah it becomes a bit trickier like a lot of people a lot of kiwis particularly love walking around home barefoot uh, yeah. and i mean i don't consider myself at home until my shoes are off <laughs> but Absolutely. the difficult thing is that you're w- walking on a completely flat surface and often quite hard uh, a lot of homes now have just concrete floors and so that's a lot of ground reaction force that your body uh, has to yeah. absorb so we have just got to kind of be a little bit okay. mindful of okay. not overdoing it yeah
0: yeah, so those more um, undulating, softer, uh, more yep. interesting surfaces would be would be better rather than that solid hard. Yeah. Same, same. same. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, be sensible. Like, don't go from uh, wearing shoes all week to then at home right. on the weekends standing up renovating your house barefoot, kind <laughs> of you know, like.
0: Yeah, the extremes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mix it up. Yeah. yeah everything in moderation yeah. i think that applies to like every mm-hmm. aspect of life
0: and you're right including moderation
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah
0: yeah it's good it's good um i don't want to take up any more of your time you've been very generous already um but i usually finish uh-huh. with tips I, mean, I usually sort of say yeah. what are your tips what are your tips and um you know you're being in the sort of business that you're in that i guess lots of um similarities with with PT you know we obviously had the same experience in lockdown with with um you know our business experience what what sort mm. of things have, have, have stood you in good stead in terms of things that, that you I guess business things it might be marketing systems um what, what sort of mm. thing you sort of live might maybe live by that kind of really work for you um
1: a question <laughs> mm. I think that the patient or the client is the most important thing. If we don't have them, then we've got nothing. Yeah. Um, so you just got to look after them that like, big time. Um, and that would be number one um, word of mouth is your best referral. Yes. Um, we luckily haven't had to do too much advertising because word of mouth has been so great for us. Um, I think forming genuine relationships with people mm. and mm listening to people is really important. I think it's really hard. We all live really busy lives now and we've lost the connectedness of Mm. human existence. Mm. And we give people time to talk. And uh, I think everybody feels seen when and heard. And when you do that, there's like a connected thing magic that happens yeah. um and um I do think yeah systems are really important and I don't think I've appreciated that until just recently when I've had time to do like to to get them sorted yeah um yeah I'm actually in the process of stepping away a little bit I'm having a baby oh, so congrats. yeah I um, cool. I'm going to be taking off time off and yeah. that's been quite a hard thing to sort of think about it's like mm. oh my gosh the business was my first baby and, yeah. um so in that regard it's like i have to have good systems in place because i'm not going to be there to catch the stuff that yeah. you know i might have previously
2: yeah.
1: um and i'm sort of decreasing the amount of patients i'm seeing at the moment yeah. and i get and the other two are seeing more and mm. I'm getting to see the systems working, mm. and it's like, hey, this is really cool. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I guess yeah. you've got a timeline, so that's useful. You <laughs> yeah, know, there's, yeah. there's probably a, v- a fairly specific deadline, which like things have got to be right. <laughs>
1: oh, absolutely. There's nothing like a deadline to get stuff done, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, that's exciting. That's yeah. As you say, those systems are really important, but never um, a better opportunity to really fine tune them and make sure they they're nailed because you've got to step away, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I said to my husband, it's not even a question of like, I'll oh, be away and they'll be able to contact me. Mm. But like, I'm counting on my brain just being completely focused on baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, yep. Um, yep. yeah. So, Absolutely. yeah. It's going to be a good test. Yeah, it is going to be
0: a good test, but that's exciting for me and for the business. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, I've scribbled some things down there, so I've got my notes. So I'll make sure they go in the show notes. I'll um, I'll find your website, put that in. Are there any other bits that I can add into the show notes that you uh, want in mm, there?
1: I don't think so, but I would say some tips for people with feet.
0: Oh yeah, guys.
1: Um give them a good massage every now and then and soak your feet in warm water and Epsom some salts and mm. um just show them a bit of love because mm. they do a lot for us we mm. take them for granted they we lock them up in shoes we yes. walk miles and we stretch everything else but our feet generally yep. so yep. yeah um if you can start with that you're going to be really quite
0: Absolutely. well off
1: and also the nice thing about soaking in warm water and Epsom some salts it's a full body relaxation. Like,
0: no, no, it's we, not
1: just your feet.
0: You can't go anywhere, right?
1: You can't. And you just kind of are like, oh, everybody that I recommend that to, and like most of my patients get that as a recommendation.
2: Yeah,
1: It's the hardest thing to do because you have to get a bath and you have to get salt and the warm water and stuff. Most people keep doing it because it's oh. it's been prescribed. Yes. So they have to do yes. it. Yes. <laughs>
2: yes.
1: Good. Yeah. Um, they tell all the family, the podiatrist told me to do this and it's like 10 minutes to just unwind so brilliant Brilliant. yeah i would say if everybody can do that you'll be really happy
0: i like it i um i keep prescribing people uh wind down time or wind down techniques you know because Mm. you've got busy day and terrible sleep there's something in between which we need to work on yeah um and i might just borrow that because it'll be two for one right they'll get the foot foot love and they're immobilized they have to be there for the whole time that they're soaking so exactly And what
1: you'll probably find is that the people will stay sitting and they'll go, I'm really happy here. I'm going to actually dry my feet off and maybe I'll give them a little massage or maybe I'll do, yeah. Yeah." Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like a cheats bath, you know, like, I mean, obviously you don't get clean, but you get that relaxation yeah, yeah, without having to fill a whole bath and all the palaver associated
0: with it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's so important. It's a a great way of winding the the system down at the end of a busy day. It's good. Mm. Yeah.
1: And I think you and I both appreciate the parasympathetic nervous system and the importance of it. So.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Far, far too many people are in the uh, sympathetic, mm. and um, I wonder why they're not sleeping or why they're not losing weight or you know why things aren't going as well as they could do. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Why the is not healing? It's, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Awesome. oh so it's nice to uh, to hear your news. Congratulations. And uh, thank you. I hope the rest of the journey goes well
1: fingers crossed
0: um, might have to check in with you and see how things things are going what's uh what's your due
1: date 30th of december Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> My, we um... found out the other day that um the baby's quite big and so they right. might not let us go to term oh, okay. yes and i was like does that mean we could have a christmas day baby yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Tricky I had a I I have an aunt who's January the 1st and of course everyone's hung over and not really in the mood for celebrating so (laughs) yeah one way or the other it'll still be a celebration
1: yeah well my husband's like I think maybe we should just change their birthday to a month later (laughs) (laughs)
2: just
0: change it
1: (laughs) we'll just tell everybody that it's a month later
0: (laughs) yeah 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 brilliant oh well i hope yeah. it goes well and um thanks thank again. you it's been uh, really great chatting but really interesting I've learned a hell of a lot so i'm um, glad i hope that um people listening uh enjoyed it as much as i have and i'll make sure in the the promo that i try and communicate that because it's well been a real education
1: i'm glad to hear that rich thank yeah.
0: you brilliant all right awesome thanks. maybe we'll plan another one you know when the baby's won or something
1: <laughs> yeah when my brain's back online Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome.
2: Thanks, Thank Lauren. See ya. See ya.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The PT Graduate. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a five-star rating and hit the subscribe button. And I'd love it for you to share with your friends and colleagues so they can listen too. Cheers for now.